Trap Life Tribe, it has been a while, but we are back with another exciting episode of the Trap Life Podcast. For those, well, everyone's who I haven't seen in a while, my name is Pete Perkins Heard, aka Pete Chase, aka the host of the Trap Life Podcast. And I am very excited um, to really just collaborate and have a conversation um, with this guest that we're bringing on. Um, She's, you know, someone who I have very deep conversations with, and I'm very happy for the friendship we've developed. Uh, So without further ado, I'm having the... I uh, I was gonna give you like a cool nickname like princess projector, <laughs> pot you know podcasting guru like just kind of like give you all sorts of shout outs but I, I won't be lame and you know try to do things off the cuff so without further ado it's Diane Hackey. Well, thank you, <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm um, pretty terrible at introductions to you. I know you said you were leaving this part up to me. Um, so put the pressure on. Yeah, I yeah. know. What kind I'm of like, host am I? What? Who does that? Right? I, Can I make okay. it easy for you. I mean, technically, all hosts do that. They're like, send me your bio, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't. You know me. I don't do labels. I'm like, I don't know who I am today. I might not be tomorrow. You but, really? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> you might have a thought. Wake up. Be like everything I just said. Forget about it. This is what yeah. we're thinking about right now. It's all dead. <laughs> So I guess if people want a little bit of um, kind of some tangibility, I'm um, a wife, a mother. I have a six-year, almost six-year-old son who just literally like 30 minutes ago fell and bumped his eye on our fireplace and has a giant knot and already starting to like blacken. So that was fun. Um, I was like, I hope I'm not going to have to call you and be like, we have to go to the emergency room. I own a meal prep company that's a seven and a half years old. I've been a lifelong seeker, I guess you could say, questioner of everything. I don't trust anything. Question everything is my motto. Um, and sort of a human design enthusiast, although I'm slowly kind of moving away from it, which I'm sure we'll get to. So I don't know. Does that cover all the bases? I, I, what, what about the podcast? Oh, yeah. Well, that's. I do have a podcast. I actually took all my episodes down and moved them to my website. I didn't know that. I did. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, like what did you do that? Ago. I feel like, I, okay. I'm like, it, it, mm-hmm. it maybe been like literally, you probably did that like the, the last episode I listened to was like a couple weeks ago. So you probably did it like the right after I had just listened to a few episodes. Yeah. I think we kind of talked and you're like, I'm listening to stuff in the background. And I was like, I'm moving it all to the mountain. So <laughs> uh, who knows? I might relaunch it because I'm on, I'm on anchor. So I can just hit republish and it'll all publish again. So, um, but yeah, right now I'm like, if you want me, you got to come to my website and you can get me there and that's it. So I'm being a little, a little brat, I guess. No, I think it's good. But um, but yeah, I like recording my thoughts, and so on and off podcaster slash blogger slash blogcaster. Yeah, 
I don't know, whatever the day, whatever the mood comes, whatever mood comes with the day, I guess you could say. I kind of think I know the answer to this, but what do you prefer between podcasting and just that recording process versus the writing process that comes with blogging? It depends. I like both. Um, It's we like I really like writing because I can just get it out. And if I want to podcast, I feel like sometimes the words don't come out of my mouth correctly, but I can write and they usually come out and then I can go back and kind of adjust. Um, But I do sometimes just get in a flow with podcasting where I'm not really thinking and stuff is just coming out. And I'm like, I don't know if that made any sense, but I'm just going to post it and hope it sounds good. So uh, probably writing, though, is what I is usually my go to because it's just right there. And my thoughts are usually kind of quick and I can just pick up my phone and like jot them down. And if I want to come back and expand, I can. Okay. I I, too. That, that's what we also have to add to your um, bio, writer. Writer, I know. I'm like, I don't know what I am. What's your favorite? Uh, I Yeah, I prefer writing to podcasting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you think most people prefer reading or listening now, though? Uh, listening, for sure. Yeah. Uh, like the rise of Audible. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I think we're all guilty of... Uh, listening to uh books on you know books on tape or you know the audible options and you know audiobooks so which which i i think are good i think you get a different sense from doing one or the other you know like i've listened to a book on audio uh, audible before and then i was like oh i really liked it so i purchased it uh, where I purchased the physical copy of it, rather. And I got a different feel for it because I was able to kind of consume it at my own pace and, you know, all of the intricacies that come with reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm reading some of my own spiritual stuff right now. And it's, I'm a very slow reader, as my Kindle tells me. <laughs> but, um, Here, let me... yeah, I... I just saw the book that... Here it is. Yep. The uh, Stalking the Wind Pendulum. Oh, yeah. Remember? Stalking the Wild Pendulum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Stalking, Stalking the Wild the Pendulum. The Wild Pendulum. Yes. On the Mechanics of Consciousness. Yes. I have not finished that one, actually. I got through the, like, scientific part. He'll tell you, like, the first few parts are scientific, and then he gets into it. And then I started on... I kind of bounce around books. Okay. So that book got my brain going like I mean just going it was like fried every day I was like oh my goodness I have to think about all this stuff um but I will finish it eventually but I moved on to some Jed McKenna which is its own kind of do you cuss on this podcast yeah of course I always forget to ask for it. its own mind fuck <laughs> so uh, just talking about like completely no self and which you you've seen you follow my stuff so I'm just like I'm just gonna disintegrate myself as much as I can <laughs> so um but I'll go back to that for sure he I think the science part was really interesting for me and I think my brain's still kind of like absorbing it all so yeah it was really good I, I remember you shared it on IG. So I was like, and I think you were like looking for people to like read it with you. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll read it with her. And then 
it came in and it was like re- the copy I got was like really beat up and I haven't oh, even yeah. started it yet. <laughs> I was like that that was the intent behind it so maybe I can catch up and we'll talk about it then okay yeah if you start reading it let me know and then I'll I'll pick back up and then okay so let's start one thing that you said recently that I find really fascinating um because I think it's I've heard other people make similar remarks, but I think with you and how active you are and all of your other experiences, I found it more interesting that you said you would prefer if you could, if you could get paid to go to school for the rest of your life, that's what you would do. Yes. Okay. Elaborate on that for us. I don't know. I just love learning. I don't know what it is about it, but, and even the the setting like I loved I don't think I liked undergrad as much but I loved my master's program um and I don't know exactly how I you know I I think that I might just be feeling nostalgic because I have changed a lot um so I don't know that it would be the same but I don't know I just I love the setting I'm always taking in new information um which is interesting from a human design perspective because I'm not a one, I'm a four, six. So I'm not the investigator, but I just, I don't know. I love learning. I think the school aspect gives me kind of the, I don't know if motivation is the right word, but it's like, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's almost just the setting kind of fosters that. If I'm just home and I'm like, I could pick up a textbook, I'm not going to read it. But right. if I'm doing it for something or two, you know, because I paid for it or whatever, I'll, I'll keep going. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just enjoy studying. I enjoy reading. I enjoy picking things apart. Um, so yeah, if people could just pay me to learn and then maybe regurgitate the information. I would actually, I have been thinking about teaching actually did apply to a teaching job. Um, I don't know if I will get it because I've been in a completely different world for the last almost eight years, but I think I would really enjoy even that setting as well because it would still require the the learning aspect and they would have the, the thing tied to it that required that I actually stayed committed to it. And then I'd also be able to really take the information I was receiving and teach it, which I think helps to really anchor it in but also be able to have fun with it. And I know, I wish that I understood my own learning process better when I was in school. Um, But I think grasping that within myself, I think it would be fun to teach others and know the different learning styles and know them well and offer kind of a myriad of ways of explaining things or teaching things to really cater to everyone. I don't know. It just seems like it would be fun. So I guess maybe not as a student for life, but even if I could be a teacher for life, like which I could get paid for. Aren't Rhodes Scholars essentially students for life? I don't know. I've never heard of a Rhodes Scholar. A Rhodes Scholar, I meant. Oh, a Rhodes Scholar. Um, I don't know. I've never heard of that either. I mean, I've, I think I've heard of it in passing, but I'm not familiar with it. It's like, yeah. So what? what did you get your degree in and what what's kind of like the grade level that you're interested in working with primarily I got my degree in psychology and I'd want to work I w- I'd want to work with college or graduate I don't know if I could work with graduate students I'd want to work with college students or maybe even um 
and I don't even, I'm sure this is, exists somewhere. I just haven't put any effort into to searching, but some sort of non-structured school system. Um, I don't know. I haven't thought that far into it. I just, I love teaching. I mean, it just comes through me. And so I don't know. I probably have to feel it out. I don't know if I'd even like it. That's, that's one other truth I might get into and be like, this is not my thing. I just need to teach on my own, which is kind of what I do on right. my website and on my Instagram is teach. I'm just not really getting paid for it. So um, that would be ideal is like, if I could just be myself and my own on my own platform and teach there and get paid a, a livable wage for it. But I don't know. I think it could be fun to be in a school setting as well, but it would definitely have to be like college. I don't know if I could deal with teenagers. Do you think that, well, we're going to come back to two things here, but I'm going to throw out this question. You have kind of, I don't want to say been critical, but I would say you've distanced your philosophies from what is quote unquote mainstream human design? Would you mm -hmm. say it or? Um, yes, Pro I, I mean, probably yes, yes and no. Okay, but more so probably yes. I know when you, when you sent me that message the other day, and I was like, yes and no, and I don't know how to answer this. I think. Okay, so here's kind of my theory, and I could be wrong, but I think that raw was much. I think he was a very, very conscious being. I don't know if he was enlightened in that sense, but maybe close to it, if there is such a thing. Um, and I, I think that when you listen to some of his stuff, you can kind of hear it, but I think that he knew he was talking to the masses and he knew that most people were operating from their not self and they were so far gone in the not self that even touching on like moving beyond human design wasn't even, there was no point in it. It was just like, if I go that far, then people are going to get lost in that. And most people just need to start here. And if they move beyond it, great. If they don't, great. But there's, I think it was, and I, you know, I could just be making some stuff up here, but I feel like almost he knew more, but it was like, I don't need to put this out there because I don't want people to get too confused by it. It's like, you just need to focus on this stuff here. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I was going to parlay that to kind of separate from the conversation that we were having. Look at you, Diane, putting our off air conversations into the public hemisphere. Oh, are they? The Wait, what do you mean? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, oh, oh our text. <laughs> our text. But um, I was saying more of could you ever see yourself being a teacher with like a human design institute or school or, you know, training facility? Mm, that's no. Well, no. and I kind of thought, and I, I was wondering if you were going to tie it in with just teaching in general, which I would have to be a teacher. He's like, I'm going to teach you this, but I still want you to question everything. <laughs> um, I think that would have to be the underlying theme of my teaching philosophy. It was like, Hey, this is what we know. But ultimately, I don't want you to believe any of this, you know, as much as you need to know to, to continue in school. But I want you to be the one going in and asking yourself the hard questions and really discovering the truth for yourself. But 
um, from what I understand with at least the big human design institutes is they get pretty dogmatic. I've, I've known people who really got lost in them and they found their way back out and they're like, yeah, this system, those schools and those systems are just not, they kind of distort human design for what it is in general. Um, so in that way, no, but if it was something that utilized human design as what it should be utilized for, you know, really this just kind of breakdown of self and breakdown of ego and not that ego is bad, but ego is really what creates most of our suffering. So it's like being able to objectively as much as you can look at all of the parts of your ego and release what doesn't support you and maybe keep what does. You don't have to go into a completely egoless state, but I think human design can really help you get there when it's utilized properly. So if there was a school or, um, yeah, if there was a school that used it for that, absolutely. But if it's just the hard and fast knowledge and you have to follow it this way and these are the rules, um, no, I don't think I could do that. So what I kind of see for you, and which I kind of alluded to in the text that you alluded to, um, I see you doing something like kind of taking human design to the next level like kind of maybe where you thought raw kind of could take it but couldn't because he had to speak directly to the masses so i i think that's kind of what you're experiencing right now even though um maybe you, you don't see it that way that's just my conjecture for you i guess <laughs> um but so I can totally see you building your own institute um, around various teachings. But the main thing with you, I think you teach unlearning. You have a love for learning, but you really know how to kind of reduce the noise and get to the heart of things. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, what, what do you think about that? Like really focusing on unlearning and how that process works when you're trying to break down the ego. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could take that in a few different directions. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. And I, I think that you're right with that. Like really using human design as a way to, I don't know if expand consciousness is the right word, but kind of break free from the traps of the Maya, which it says, and I think a lot of people do, but I think a lot of people still end up kind of trapped under some layers of human design. And so it's even breaking free from that. Um, But I, I struggle too, because like, I see it, even you saying the teaching aspect is um, I'm a fourth line. My, my need is a fourth line. So um, I'm sorry, my, oh my God, my brain's totally just like crapping out of this. My motivation is need, which is the fourth line motivation. And need is all about getting to the bottom of like, what do people need to know? So you have the first line that's the investigator. It's like, here's all the information. And he is a fourth line. I'm like, I've kind of collected enough information um, and dissected it. And now I come back out as a teacher who's like, here, you can forget all that crap. Like, this is what you need to know. Here's, you know, here's all you need to actually get done what you need to get done. And so I think, um, what does it look like really unlearning? 
I don't know. It's so weird because I feel like that's just something that I do naturally without thinking about it. It's like I take in information and then my my system just starts destroying it. It's like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. This doesn't fit. What's the core of this? Is it useful? Can we use it? Do I need it? If so, what's that single message? And all the rest can go. Um, but I don't know. There's a process. It just kind of happens. Right. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I mean, if somebody else wanted to do that, I'd say it'd sort of be um, kind of deconstructing everything until you can really get down to what's true, right? How much are you holding on to because you're believing it because it feels good or because you want some sort of answer just because you want it or it feels good doesn't mean that it's true. So if you're taking in a bunch of information and knowledge, you know, and you're kind of feeling scattered or jumbled, or you want to unlearn, then start reducing it down to what's true. And you might end up disregarding the entire thing because none of it's true. Or you might come out with, you know, like I said, a single core piece of wisdom or information that you've reduced it down to that, um, that ends up being your truth. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Um, and I encourage everyone to definitely follow you on social media but also really go to your website and get on your like newsletters or you know mailing list whatever um and really just kind of tap into you because you know we have conversations um and then you know but also like seeing your post a lot of what she's saying like you're able to see how her mind works in real time if that's like kind of the skill set you have i think you know some people maybe won't get it but um going back to the teaching kind of aspect of it of how you kind of just deconstruct and analyze everything I feel like you teach that though but because it's so natural to you how have you learned how to be able to teach that to people where it's not necessarily natural to them are you asking how yeah how did you learn to kind of help people learn how to deconstruct things maybe not to the level that your brain works because i've seen the way it works it's like automatic full throttle always on go i don't think i yeah i don't think i learned i think i've always been this way no no you haven't learned that that's no you are how do i teach somebody else how to do it right because it's not for them you see what i mean yeah 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 i think that goes back to what i was saying is just like start asking start start doubting everything just doubt it all (laughs) start questioning everything um and you know this kind of comes back to the ego stuff is like some people and this is this is really a lot of what I see is like a lot of people say they want something different for themselves or they say they want better but they don't they just want to feel good and so I think for a lot of people it's like well I don't really care to deconstruct it I'm just going to believe it because believing it feels good and I can kind of see it working for me, or maybe it is working for me, so I don't need to go any further. But for those of you who are like me, which is it either hasn't worked or you just can see, like maybe nothing has worked for me the way I thought that it should because I never fully believe in anything. Um, It's just, yeah, I think it's starting to question it. Like, wait, this doesn't make sense, or how does that work? Or um, why is it this way? Or, you know, just, picking it apart. I like, you know, Judd McKenna, he says, find a string and pull it. 
um, if you, yeah, I don't know. It's just questioning everything. So I, I think how would you do it? Pretty much the way you're describing. Um, I would first start with, because I think I'm similar, um, but I'm trying to kind of describe the differences between the way I kind of process it versus how you process it. I, I think yours is more fun for me to kind of like watch <laughs> because you go hard. Like this bitch is going off the deep end. <laughs> you're like, it's because it's, you know, I think with me, I'm, you know, kind of, I have more of a kind of like low key chill personality and, you know, I'm just kind of like going to think on things, ponder. And, you know, with you, it's, you're moving at the speed of light with, with your thought processes. And everything you say is so succinct when you're in that mode. You know how to just be present on, on a level that I don't know how to do. So I think that's the missing piece. I think that's the main missing piece kind of between how we would deconstruct something, your ability to be present. Whereas with me, I kind of reflect on the past. Um, I'm thinking about how it would shape up in the future. I, I really, that's one of my uh, main struggles, I feel like, is being present. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've talked about that before, but maybe not. Um, so, but... I, I would just kind of, you know, analyze the situation and kind of like, like you were saying, just kind of put it in different categories, see like, and really get to the core. How can I use this? And what is the real meaning behind everything? Like, what's the why? Not to do the Simon Sinek start with why, but, you know. But the bigger why, the big why. Big why. And big why. And something, and just knowing that some things aren't for you, and that's okay. Like, you don't have to apply everything or take on everything that you absorb. There are so many different uh, kind of inputs coming at us that, and everything is just not going to be for you. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Everyone has different favorite foods that doesn't make anyone better or lesser than anyone else. And that's a, a very simple concept for, you know, some broad and nuanced cons, you know, analogy for some broad and nuanced concepts, but that that's, you know, kind of the way I look at it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I always, you know, like to say nuance and discernment, use your own. And, yeah. you know, it's like, even kind of where I'm at right now, don't get me wrong. My ego has definitely fluffed itself up at times in the past. Be like, oh, I know so much, but I'm really letting that go. I'm like, man, I don't know anything. And the way my brain works, I don't have a choice in that. You know, I, I what am I, what do I, I've been on the whole pride thing lately. I'm like, what do I have to be proud of about that? It just is what it is. And then even as you begin releasing that stuff, you're like, you know what, even if someone doesn't want to wake up and they just want to feel good, who cares? Oh, I got a, a, five-year-old in here he just popped in hey buddy I'll be out in a little bit okay okay <laughs> sorry about that so no it was good that he came in there because I had a question <laughs> that I was going to ask you about um you know kind of like viewpoints on parenting 
little two-folder. So in terms of teaching, have you ever considered homeschooling? Yes, that actually has been on our minds lately. But um, one big concern, so my business right now, I, I own a meal prep company and it has, it's struggling in this economy. So I've been sort of looking for another job because I don't want to fire my team. Um, and that would be like the last the, the step. It's like, I let them go and I completely step back in, but I'm trying to avoid that. And I think, you know, I might enjoy trying something new. So, um, it's kind of up in the air right now for a few reasons. One is that is if I have to go work full time somewhere else, I just wouldn't be able to handle it Two, I really enjoy my alone time and I get plenty of it during the week when he's at school. So, I don't know how willing I would be to give that up, which I know is really selfish, but I think if somehow I could pretty much make that my full-time job, just raising him and teaching him, and then maybe, you know, being in my own process and sharing that, I would, but things are just kind of up in the air right now with the world. Okay. We're going to get to the meal prep company because I think you have an interesting uh, backstory with that um, project. Well, not that project, but that uh, business as well. But in terms of, I think, you know, like we've discussed, your views are subject to change, right? And, but they're, I don't want people to get the impression that like you're like flighty or flaky or you're all over the place because you're really not. When you are thinking about something, your mind is on something, everything that you're saying is very sound and someone could take what you're saying and apply it as their like go-to argument and description for how, why they think what they think. Um, You just might not particularly utilize some of your older thoughts in the current construct you might have just moved on to something else but I say all that to say how has um you know you just deconstructing and really experimenting with different trains of thought uh how has that related to um your viewpoints on motherhood and parenthood as a whole Yeah. um, Well, I think first my underlying, I think my core underlying, I don't want to say belief, but yeah, I guess you could call it that underneath everything. It all comes back to the same thing for me, which is just being self-aware. And it's been the most powerful practice for me. I think every modality that I've kind of dipped into, ultimately I come back to, I'm like, you don't need all of that. It's fluff. And yeah, it essentially gets you to this. But I'm like, if you want to just skip all the fluff, just start practicing self-awareness. Just tune into your thoughts, tune into your body, recognize what's happening in the moment as much as you can, right? Be present, be self-aware. Um, so I, I think I explore a lot around it, but it all ultimately comes down to that. And with him, I think that it's, it's been interesting because I think my journey is like sped up so much just in the last year. Um, I was going through my own process. And so now I'm really learning more how to bring that, some of that in with him, especially in terms of human design. I have started to question some things a lot more. I mean, I always was much more open about what we believed and really letting him have more freedom and not so many boundaries and 
Um, we were all always the parents where other people were looking at us like your kid's doing that. And we're like, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> um, but now even more so like seeing the homogenization, seeing the homogenization, seeing, you know, what's happening in the school setting, how he feels so really trying to, I think, pay attention to that and make sure that we're not forcing anything that we think or we believe on him. He's been asking about God and heaven a lot lately. I mean, even tonight at dinner and I was like, well, you know what? We don't know. You can, we can study it and you can decide for yourself. Um, it's kind of just leaving the door open with things and not making anything off the table, not making anything taboo. He even, he'll say cuss words. <laughs> um, and we'll just like, you know, not make a big deal. I was just like, Hey buddy, you can't say that, you know, when you get older, you can, but um, yeah, I think it's just trying to be really present with him and not, trying to push him in any direction I don't really have any sort of like rules I'm living by I'm just kind of feeling it out in the moment I guess uh, but yeah I don't know uh, just leaving space for him to explore and discover and use his little mind and hopefully fostering that as much as possible I, I like that, you know, um, I, I don't have any kids. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have any kids anytime super soon, maybe in like three years or something like that. Maybe we'll, we'll have to see, but, um, as we've kind of talked about my thoughts on this next subject that we'll touch on marriage has, uh, you know, they kind of somewhat shift. So, mm -hmm. um, like, I kind for me right now, um, I don't necessarily feel like I want to be married. Like, I don't necessarily want to be a husband. Uh, and I don't know if I necessarily want a wife, but I think I would want to be married to the mother of my children or my child so that's an interesting kind of pendulum that I'm looking at I guess so you wouldn't want to you don't necessarily want the the husband wife sort of role but the union to have children or like for your children yeah, I would want them to grow, uh, grow up, and, and you can have a, a co-parent, a you know, a stable co-parenting dynamic. That's not what I'm, I'm not applying otherwise because I totally believe in that. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think, like right now, my mindset is, I, I, I feel like I've kind of re reverted a little bit. I think, um the only thing that I could see myself in potentially would be an open marriage, but I don't know if I would necessarily want to have an open marriage after I've had a kid hmm. necessarily. Um, you know, potentially just because of where I am now, like the marriage would, it wouldn't be based on, it would be based on some level of love, of course, but 
it would be more on like just the family unit and really embracing that um you know that kind of construct that i maybe have in my head of what a family unit is supposed to look like mm-hmm. and really just you know creating a stable environment for my uh kid that weren't kids plural i think that's something that's super important to me and you know like always making sure that my kids know that like mom like dad respects mom dad loves mom you know and maybe it's just i love her as a person love her as a friend uh but because like right now i just don't think i'm capable of being in love but you know things change yeah i honestly you know i i questioned for a long time what is it to be in love because it's the same like romantic fairy tale ideal of love I've never had. I mean, I've had it short term, you know, you get the new relationship energy and you're like, I'm in love. And then three to six months later, I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) Um, I feel that completely. And I don't really like, it's interesting now. I don't really identify very much with as a quote unquote wife. I mean, I am, Um, but I definitely, I think, you know, if I had known then what I know now, which honestly, I think I knew all along, I probably never would have gotten married. Um, not that my husband and I might not still be together, but I think I wouldn't have taken that on. And honestly, my family was surprised. My parents were like, wait, what? I think that there was just a part of me that was like, oh, I need to fill this role. And I want to do this thing that society says I should do. And I want the ring and I want the life. And then I got in it and I was like, this isn't me at all. And my husband and I went through all of our own stuff, which I think you've listened to some of and know right um and yeah we've you know I kind of I kind of feel the same as you I'm like I just don't know that I'm cut out for that type of love but we reached a point in our relationship it was just a few months ago we had been going to therapy I think we actually quit that a while ago but um she was like you need to do this for him and he needs to do this for you and da 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 and I'm like so you want me to be something I'm not to try to make this marriage work you want me to try and do things that aren't natural to me to try to make him happy. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. I was like, I'm tired of doing that. I'm tired of being something I'm not to make something work. I told him, I was like, I'm going to be me and you can be you. And if it works great. And if it doesn't great, but I'm not going to keep trying to fit myself into a box to quote unquote, make this work when all it leads to is bitterness and resentment and me nitpicking at you and you not happy with me. And honestly, things have been so much smoother since then it's just like okay we're here we're together we're raising this wonderful child together and we're just taking it day by day there's no pressure there's no I don't know it's all just easier I think when you allow people just to kind of be themselves without trying to fill certain like standards or perceptions things change because we don't really get to do that too often. And I think marriage or your family should be like a safe place for people. But for me, it's not. Um, and, and it, well, family isn't necessarily because I've never been married. But um, so, and, and I think for most people, it's not. You know, I, I think we have to kind of be 
ideal versions of ourselves or be the versions of ourselves that fit what people kind of expect from us. And that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I've kind of given up on that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing it anymore. And it's, I mean, and I think that's one of the things that's scary and hard, which I think that I'm just my own weird breed because I, I don't want to say I don't like, I was having this conversation with my parents actually this, this a couple days ago. Um, jokingly, I was like, I've had my social interaction for the week. We had some family friends in town and it was just like three days full of people. And I was like, get me away. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I don't like people. I'm like, it isn't that I don't like people. It's just, that I don't like the expectation. And I see it going. It's, it's like, first of all, I'm projecting onto them what I think they expect of me. Um, I'm project, you know, I'm expecting things of them that I don't realize, which I think I'm starting to see more and more and really let go of, but people do expect things of you too. And so I'm like, I'm just tired of trying to be anything I'm not. I mean, I'm pretty quiet. I'm reserved unless you're talking about something really interesting. I'm not great at holding conversations. (laughs) Um, and interesting to me might not be interesting to you. So there's nothing, you know, no judgment there. My husband likes talking about golf and I'm like, that's so boring. Um, but he loves it. But yeah, it's just, you know, I think I said, it's like when you can just let people go from the expectation and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, great. But when you can let people go and it does work, that's true love. That's love. If it does work, that's a true friendship, right? If you can just be you and I can be me and it works and we're both enjoying it, that's what it should be. But yeah, we get so bogged down with it. And I think we're just afraid to lose the connections that we've already made. Oh, that's where I was going with this. It's like, I'm kind of a loner. So me being me and losing people hasn't been a huge, don't get me wrong. I've, I've lost some community and that was tough. And I had to go through my own process with that. But now I'm just like, if it doesn't work, then eventually I'll click with the right people. But it can be really tough you know, when you've had people in your life for however long, or maybe your entire life, and you, you want to let that go, it's like, you might lose those people too. And um, you have to be willing to do that. If that's the the process you want to go through. Yeah, I think that's the process. We've talked about it. I think that's the process I'm going through now. Um, I, I, even six months from now, I, I see my interactions with people just shrinking. And having just a new level of um i don't i i guess kind of reserve um for new people that come in i I just i'm just trying to just not expect anything from anyone and really just focus on myself and just kind of move that way you know i just this has been a really uh, weird week for me personally. So I'll actually tell you about that when we get off this episode. Uh, but, uh, you know, go more in depth if you want to hear about it. But uh, in any case, I want to get kind of back um, to the meal prep plan because I think as we follow this string of teaching, um, which is ha- how you and I got connected initially, but what drew you into meal prep? What drew me into meal prep? I okay. I Tell honestly company because it, it's an interesting story. I think I on okay. So people ask me this all the time. I'm like, I don't remember who had the idea or where it came from. I mean, it was 
seven and a half years ago longer than that we talked about it for a few so probably eight years ago we started talking about this and it was supposed to be me and two of my friends we had we were all talking about it um I had finished grad school or was finishing grad school when the idea first came up and I had gotten a job at a weight loss center I was really into health and nutrition I think when I started grad school I finally started taking control of my health um, cause I have Graves disease. So my thyroid was destroyed when I was 19 and I had gained some weight and I was having really bad heartburn and just these issues that I was like, I'm not dealing with this anymore, but me having to question everything. I, I got into CrossFit and the paleo diet and I was like, well, why can't I have beans? Why can't I have this? And so I started really understanding how the body worked and digging into nutrition. So Um, I got a job at a weight loss center thinking that it would be coaching and actually using the information I had learned. It wasn't, it was terrible. It was like, give people these crappy supplements and make sure they spend as much money as possible. And I was like, I can't do this because this is so out of integrity with what I know. I like, I cannot sell something I don't believe in period. Um, and so I had the, the love for, for the nutrition part and somehow I have no idea who thought of it why we thought of it. All I know is we talked about it for a couple months and nothing happened. And one day I'm sitting at this job I hate and I was like, screw it. If they're not going to do anything. And I kept trying to organize it. If they're not going to answer me or do anything, I'm just going to start it. So I'm sitting in my office one day and I bought an LLC and I started a Facebook page and I got a Gmail account. And, um, my husband was working at a gym that he ended up owning but at the time he was um, a coach there and he was good friends with the owners and the owners said that I could put a sign up sheet there just to see, you know, how it would do. So I started with three menu items and a sign up sheet at the gym and we were selling, I don't know, 30 to 40 meals a week. And I was like, okay, this could be something. We were cooking them out of our tiny little house at the time. Uh, we eventually did, you know, not too long after moving to a commercial kitchen, but yeah, it started doing well there. And I was like, all right, I, built a website, found a commercial kitchen. And yeah, I don't know. It just kind of went from there. So how did you start knowing when it was time to take a step back and step into leadership and build out a team? Um, when when I got prepped. Both still run it together or? No, he, you said my husband? Yes. No, he helped me cook at the beginning, um, but he never really did anything else other than that. Okay, so it's Um, kind of been your project, but maybe it was kind of his idea or prompting in the beginning, and maybe not. Who knows? (laughs) No, it was us girl. I don't know. It was like, yeah, me and two girlfriends, and he just kind of was like, yeah, Doug said you could put a sign-up sheet at the gym. So it was all me after that because I I ended up getting the LLC, and they kind of just – fizzled out which worked because we wouldn't have made any money at the beginning if it was three of us um so but yeah he he helped in the kitchen when we first got started he helped cook um until I eventually did hire a couple people because we just started growing I needed help but I didn't really treat it like a business like I didn't go into it with the idea of oh I'm gonna start a business. I didn't have a plan. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, I hate my job. I want to make money doing something else. Let's give this a shot. So there's no concept behind it. There was no, I mean, there are things that 
we do now like we put we didn't put labels on the food at first like we were I was just like people know what this is right like you get spaghetti how can you not look at it and not know it's spaghetti like we didn't label anything and then we started labeling stuff and I'm like how did I not label this food like what and I think I still have people ordering from me who ordered back when I didn't label food but um (laughs) I totally lost track your question just um so when were you thinking about you said it it was time to you knew it was time to expand when you just needed the help oh yeah um yeah so I hadn't treated it I didn't really treat like I got pregnant so about a year after we started I found I was pregnant and that's when I knew I was like okay I need to get systems in place I need to I think I already had a little bit of a team at that time but I didn't have any systems in place it was basically like they came in and I directed them for every single thing that they did and I was like I need systems so that they can come in and figure it out I need someone I trust who's in some sort of management role because I didn't know how long I was going to be out I ended up only being out I think a week and a half or two like two weeks um but yeah, I had no idea. I was like, I don't know if there's something crazy. Like I can't shut the business down um, because it's my livelihood. So that's when I started really treating it more like a business and it just kept growing. So we, I want to say our first year, we had almost a hundred thousand dollars in sale. We more than doubled that our second year. Again, more than doubled our third year. We just kept growing. I mean, we had like exponential growth. And then I got into a lot of trouble because I started spending for growth and I had no idea what I was doing with business finances. I had no idea about cash flow, you know, the difference between cash flow and profit. So, um, which is why now that things are slowing down, we're hurting because there's no extra cash. Uh, we're still recovering from all of that, but yeah, it's kind of, I got pregnant. I was like, I should probably get my shit together. And then it just sort of naturally kind of fell into place over the years through trial and error. And I mean, honestly, we have a pretty well-oiled machine at this point. So I'm, I, you know, generally I'm not too proud of myself. I'm like, you know, that thing's, it runs pretty well. (laughs) So, um, yeah kind of explain the process of creating systems and then implementing those systems. Oh man. Um, it was pretty, a pretty slow, it was kind of just like one thing at a time for me. I think now understanding it, I probably could do it more, but you know, start, say for example, we were doing a sign up to the gym. I was like, okay, I need a website where people can purchase. So it was that. And then the delivery process at first I was going into Google maps and mapping everything in and it was, a pain in the ass is I was like, okay, there's got to be a routing software. So now we have a routing software. Um, I was trying to figure out all the recipes, you know, by hand and how much stuff we needed. I was like, there's got to be something for this. Like I didn't even have to create some of this stuff was already out there. So I found a recipe template that we've been using for years. I put the base recipe in and then I can enter how many we need each week. And it automatically calculates how much of everything we need. Um, um what what else I don't know it's and then it's just kind of getting your people in and seeing how everything flows together so I think it's kind of like my thinking process there wasn't really a process to putting the systems in place it was just kind of a like this isn't running very efficiently what can we do here little pieces at a time that eventually you know came out to what we have now okay so it was you know 
kind of gradual and then it you were able to kind of streamline everything and go from there yeah i mean the business grew i mean it grew quickly i think i mean i don't know what relative um I think it gr- and everything we're not we don't have to be you know that's in depth about everything but your business kind of you know it took off relative. yeah i mean yeah i think it, it grew fast enough for me to keep up with what needed to happen i mean so i guess you know if you're like where do i need to put systems in place it's like what isn't as efficient as you would like it to be and what can you do to make it more efficient um and search right like i i was like somebody out there has to have this right and you know it was just kind of doing a search and some stuff it took me forever to find I'm like no way like i've been doing this by hand for this long and this software has been here and all i did like all i had to do was go on google for five minutes um <laughs> so well, it- yeah i mean and just a lot of trial and error i mean not huge error but trial by- yeah no definitely so do you feel, would you consider yourself a leader? And if so, how would you say your leadership has um, grown? And then what's your leadership style? Um, yes. And I struggle with confrontation. So that's my problem. I'm getting better at it. So I think when I think of a leader, my image in my mind is like, to, I don't know. I don't know, honestly. Yes, I would think, I guess so. I mean, I have it on my resume, so I should probably say yes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think it's, what is my leadership style? I have no idea. I think it's more be a leader than call yourself a leader. If that Yeah, I mean. Like just practice leadership and, and titles or whatever. It's basically like be what you want others to be, right? Like just leading by example, you would say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there is some, there is definitely directing there, but it's like gentle directedness, allowing. You know, one of the things that I had to really let go of was like this fear that they were gonna fuck everything up, and at times they have. But also, it's like I can't micromanage them because they learn better when they screw up on their own. Rather, me coming behind me like you fuck this up, right? You know. And so it's like a gentle leadership where it's kind of like a nudge, like, "Hey, did you see this?" Right. But really allowing people to come into things on their own without me having to dictate. Um, that's been huge. I think I'm honestly a little. I I did kind of snap it for the first time in a while. Not really snap, but I like very strongly redirected someone the other day even though I had made the same mistake I was tired and grumpy um she delivered to the wrong house and I was like oh (laughs) but um yeah I don't know I I I kind of like to give them the space to see their own error and to to be their own you know creatives as well like I don't have a lot of direction I'm I'm barely I mean I'm there more now but um they have a lot of autonomy so I like giving them that also. Um, and then, yeah, I think just by being it, right. I, one of my chefs, he had a temper when we, when he first started working for me and it kind of was a little bit of a problem. I talked to him about it a few times, but I never go in there screaming and yelling. There've been times I've wanted to, but I usually calm down first and then I come in and I have a conversation. It's like, how could I talk to my team about not being that way if I'm that way? So I think first it's being, what you want to see in others first and then going from there. So, 
you know, it was very long winded. No, no, not at all. Something you touched on earlier that I think relates to leadership because I think it relates to everything is awareness. Like the example you just used, you have to kind of calm yourself down before you could have those conversations with your team because you can't, you know, be the problem and then try to correct the problem as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, that just another example of awareness is key. Yeah, absolutely. And do you, do you want to throw out any other uh, leadership traits that you think are important? Oh my goodness. I have no idea. I think I touched on the big one. Like be it first, I think is a big one. I think giving people room to make mistakes without, um, I think giving people room to make mistakes without them needing to be afraid of making mistakes. Because I think that it's like, Oh, I'll give you room to make a mistake. But if you screw up, like I'm going to come after you instead. It's like, Hey, you know, I'll come and be like, Hey, there's this little mistake. And they're like, Oh my goodness. I'm so, I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, let's just do better next time. Or, you know, pay more attention next time instead of it being some big deal. Cause I'm not perfect either. Right. It would be, you know, like I said, I kind of like was like, you delivered the wrong address and then literally like the next week I did the same thing and I'm like see I'm not perfect doesn't matter how hard I try I'm not going to be perfect and neither are they neither is anyone else and so I think that being a leader is recognizing that as well and giving people and yourself grace um so yeah I think that's it do you okay um what do you define as transferable skill sets transferable skill sets I have no idea like what could I transfer to somebody as a skill like teach somebody as a skill maybe not teach but like demonstrate demonstrate or just skills that you have yourself that have allowed you to go into different industries or just different places in your life and have different you know I feel like different places in your journey uh, career-wise um, that you think, you know, have proven valuable for you? That are transferable. Honestly, and I... I think te- say- be a transferable skill set, by the way. But you said teaching? Teaching would be, I think. I what, okay, what other examples do you have? So I think leadership is a transferable skill set um meaning not transferring it between people but where you can use it in a multitude of areas so i also think um what is another good uh sales is a transferable skill set uh okay something that um i was thinking like between people you're meaning like across different industries or jobs yeah okay got it um yeah teaching yeah teaching leadership i'd say awareness and presence can be really powerful and no matter what you're doing um there's probably not your normal if you're looking like job wise but i'd say curiosity and openness okay how do how would you define openness I'm probably going to probably just circular be like curiosity. Um, I, I think just the willingness to hear and see 
perspectives that don't align with your own without immediately, you know, blocking them off. So just being, I want to say being open, I'm using the the word in the definition, but. um, Oh no, scholar. Yeah. Being available to, I guess, things that um, aren't within your normal, like purview or scope. Okay. Um, open to change, trying things that, you know, they say, what is the, I don't know, I had it in my mind earlier and I totally, I don't know, even though I was thinking about it, but like, just because it's always worked doesn't mean that it's the best thing, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. I'd say openness, curiosity, curiosity about the other curiosity about what you're doing. Um, kind of getting, I really like taking a bird's eye view of things, although I am, you know, human design mountains environment so we kind of <laughs> we're up there and I'm a six line so on the roof but um trying to gain perspective so how can you step back and really see the bigger picture rather than we're so zoomed in all the time that we often miss big things so I think that can be a great transferable skill set too is to be able to just step back and kind of see the overarching whole um so that then you can go into the part and really understand how it works. How would you distinguish openness from transparency? Transparency for me is, it's, you know, I think that word's more about truthfulness and honesty, whereas openness, and I don't know, I could, somebody could have completely different definitions, but openness is more about, um, I'd say almost like availability keeps coming to mind and not availability and like I'm here, but just, availability or being available to take in more or to receive more or to understand more or just to take in different perspectives um so that's kind of how I see those two differently how about you Uh, pretty much the same way I think yeah I'm cool with rolling with your definitionals on those that's my kind of answer as well um how would you distinguish between or what would you rather have also as well in terms of also distinguishing between the two of them, um, between power and influence? Ooh, influence. I'd rather have power. I don't know how to, so I see power in two ways. I see personal power. So, I mean, I think of of personal power and influence, I'd rather have personal power, which to me is just complete autonomy um, of self and kind of, I almost see personal power as what we talked about earlier, where you're really not living up to anyone, anyone's expectations. You're just yourself. Um, And I could get into the no self thing, but I'm not going to go that deep, (laughs) but right. You're just very true to yourself and almost, you know, kind of flowing through life and you're just in, I want to say in your power, but you're grounded in your sense of being and in who you are. And to me, that's true power versus power over others. Um, so I kind of, I kind of see power very distinctly and a lot of people use power over others as a big ego boost. And I have no care for that. I don't want power over anyone. I don't care what you do. I would love to teach. Um, but if you don't do shit with my teaching, that's on you. I don't give a fuck do whatever I have no desire to have power over and anyone so first I want personal power um which is what you know I think 
my journey has really been about. I mean, not so much that, but yeah. And then influence. Um, influence to me is almost kind of like leadership, right? You're you're almost. Do you think sure. influence would be like the purest form of power? Maybe. Although I think that even with that, you're, you know, for me, it's still leading people back to themselves. Right. Um, and not. But that's why here rather than it coming from, because it's still transferable. It's not the personal power, but you're not, it's not dictative. Yeah. I almost think like a leader without followers right? Like you have leaders with followers and sometimes those can be that dictative personal power. Um, whereas influence is almost like a leader, not, not completely, but almost like more on the leader without followers. Like you lead and people take that example, but they are able to you kind of take what they need from it and bring their own autonomy into it, right? There's the ability to question, there's ability to shape to what, to shape it to what they need, without it being so set and direct. Um, I think that's, you know, influence for me would be something similar to that. I don't know. I've never thought about these before. So <laughs> you're getting my brain going. What about you? What um, power influence? I think, um, you know what? You're the first guest to ask me this question. <laughs> Ah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm completely caught off guard. Uh, but I think... Uh, I think influence. I think influence is like an extension of leadership. I think influence is a, an extension of teaching. And I think influence, like I said, would be the purest form of power. Um, I, I think that's how you... Can, could amplify your personal power. I think it starts with your, you have to identify your personal power because um, I think a lot of times when people don't know their personal power, they seek to have power over others mm-hmm. and they kind of conflate the two things. Right. So that's what I would always want to, I, I never want to kind of have like a dictator energy or, you know, be a know-it-all or anything like I feel like we're all on our own journeys but we're we're on a a group journey in a sense because we're all living in this time together uh, and we're all part of a bigger ecosystem that is our world so um, you know if I can help someone on their journey um, while you know having a better sense of myself then that's what I want to do does that yeah. make sense? Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. I like um, kind of influence or influence is sort of kind of encompasses power and leadership. Yeah. In a in a more healthy way, I think. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like we're saying extension, you know, and how you influence people, you know, a lot of that is, uh, you know, the Oprah quote, at our best, we are teachers. All of us mm-hmm. are you know, so, which, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah. So, uh, I know we're going to wrap up here in a little bit. Uh, did you have 
any questions for me, anything that you wanted to get out, I have like just one or two more questions for you. I was going to ask you about human design. I don't know if that's going to open up a whole other rabbit hole. Um, and maybe we talked about doing another one. We could get into that with where you sit with being a projector. And um, if anything on that has shifted for you. But yeah, I don't know. That's up to you. Yeah, I'll answer that. Uh, so give me the question again. Well, I know we've talked before and you have felt like you didn't really resonate with being a projector, which for me and, you know, most of the people I come across like human design is scarily accurate, but um, I know there every now and then are people who are like, I don't resonate. So I'm wondering if anything has changed for you or I think you've said that any, no, numerology resonates more for you. So. Okay. So me to give kind of a long response to that if you will indulge me so okay i'm a taurus i just had my 30th birthday last thursday may 12th uh being as far so astrology feels like my personality i am a textbook taurus right um the stubbornness, the loyalty, um, any anything you kind of think of a typical Taurus, I think my DECA is actually the most kind of um, popular version of a Taurus. So, um, I that that just it, it reflects my personality, uh, pretty you know pretty well, pretty overall numerology reflects my personality to a certain extent um and but it it really reflects more of how i process the world uh and it also kind of details how i experience life and and you know some events that have come up and you know just kind of different things that i've noticed uh and kind of helps me with my own awareness. And then there's human design, which in a lot of ways does not resonate with me, right? But the idea, like the idea of the invitation, right? That all projectors face, that some find very, like healing, like, oh, finally, that's what it is. I'm able to kind of let my guard down sort of thing. It's not me. It's, you know, I'm, I'm a projector, uh, which I get that sense in a different way. So f- the way human design kind of resonates with me the most is I don't necessarily feel like, oh, this is me when I'm reading it, but I feel like, oh, this is how people perceive me. Like, not necessarily who I am, but how the outside world perceives me and how my aura, I guess, looks to people in, in, our intera- in my interactions. So that's kind of how human design relates to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, interesting. I'd be so interested to... I think, have I seen your design? I don't know. To look yeah, at your I've design. I've sent you my stuff before. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. It's definitely um, our uh, 
chat on IG probably. Or maybe maybe our text chat. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's been a while. And I feel like my understanding of human design has changed a lot since oh, I yeah. probably looked at that. I'd be curious to check it out again, but um, yeah, some other time. Yeah, we can do a whole, you can come back and we can do a whole episode just on me if you want. And oh yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, do, we could do like a reading and see if anything feels different for you. Yeah, definitely. I'm down. Yeah. Okay. And then people could get an idea if they don't know what human design is, they could get an idea for what it is too. Okay. So we, cause we kind of just jumped into it. So give people an, like a good, you know, kind of summary recap of human design to give them a little preview for maybe our next episode. Oh my goodness. Our next oh, I'm so bad at this time. question. <laughs> also, um, fire you are at playlist. So human design, when I think like, what is human design? I'm like, oh, <laughs> but if you ask me a specific question, I get it. For me, um, and I do like, there's somebody I know who's like, I want you to define it in your own terms, like not trying at the textbook. So for me, it's a system that basically explains everything you are. It's like stripping yourself bare, um, but it, it shows you, okay. So essentially our physical form, our body, and our mind are designed to operate in the material plane, the Maya, in a specific way. And human design essentially gives you the map for your unique design, right? So how your form is designed to move through the material plane. One of the big pieces of human design is that we are not supposed to make decisions from our mind. So we're all living from our mind, everyone. We've all been taught not to trust our bodies, to live from the mind, but our mind doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. It really doesn't. It doesn't really take a lot of exploration to get to know that it doesn't. Um, And really the idea behind human design is that when you can learn to tune into your body, so you have your own inner authority, but we don't have to go that deep into it. But when you learn to tune into your body, you, you move through the material plane in a way that creates less resistance for you in your life. It might not be the way that your mind thinks you should move through it, right? So if you're out there trying to manifest millions of dollars, your form might be like, I just want to go be a bartender on the beach and live in a shack, (laughs) right? Um, So it might not be what your mind thinks you want, but it's the way that you're designed to, to operate correctly. So I think I explained that in the simplest way possible. So it's really learning how to release the mind from mostly making decisions, but also a lot of the not self and the way I see it is the ego, right? So that your mind's a more pleasant place to live and you get to use your mind for fun things like thinking and conspiracy theories and listening to music and that sort of stuff. But traveling through the Maya or the material plane or earth reality, whatever, the matrix, you follow the guidance of your body. I think that's it. Okay. Explain the uh, types. There's uh, four types. Manifestors, um, they initiate. Generators are, I don't want to call them the worker bees because it sounds very derogatory, but um, basically they're here to work and not in like a bad way, but they love working. When they're doing what they love, they enjoy working. So they're basically the powerhouses. They have the energy to get shit done. Then you have projectors who are the guides. So we, we really work with, I'm a projector, you're a projector. So we really work with generators 
and help them to use their energy most efficiently because they have all of this energy, but they don't necessarily know how to use it efficiently. So projectors are here as the guides to help um, generators work more efficiently. And then you have reflectors who basically have this like Teflon aura and kind of reflect back the health of um, the individual or the community or the organization, whatever they're around, they're basically reflecting back to the person or whoever um, the, the, its condition. So kind of like, I think the G Center is a good example for this. So if you have a, I might be getting too deep here and I'm, my battery is running low. So, um, but if you have a defined center, you have consistent energy there. If you have an open center, you're basically reflecting back to the other person, that energy. So with the identity center, somebody who has a defined with somebody who has it undefined, it's kind of like standing in front of a mirror, not completely, but it's kind of how you can think of a reflector. If you meet a reflector and you're like, oh, I'm really enjoying this person, you know, you're kind of getting your own image back. If you meet a reflector and you're like, oh, I don't know, they seem unhappy and disgruntled, you might need to look at yourself and question, you know, am I the one who's unhappy and disgruntled? So quick rundown of the, the four types. Um, generator, there is a manifesting generator, but technically that's not its own type. Um, but they have, um, a little bit of manifesting power and a little bit of generating power that did, probably did not say that correctly. And I'm sure somebody's going to at me, but it's okay. Wait. So yeah, we did do, we did do the four types, right? Manifesting generator is like kind of a, an offshoot, right? A hybrid type. Yeah. It's like a subtype of the generator. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. all right. Well, we have a lot more to discuss but like i said everyone diane and i are actually friends so i'm and she actually likes collaborating with me so lucky me yeah uh, let's do it again yeah so she'll be back we have some other ideas and um some other collabs that we're gonna do that we already have planned so get hyped let's go listen to her playlist that she created um you know and it was fire and she did it in like a couple of <laughs> you're like do this and i'm like here we go i was like here we go Boom. i was like i think he wants this like for his own thing but my brain's just going right now and this is just happening my body just sort of did it <laughs> and then i thought about it after i was like he might have wanted that but it's okay i'll make another one i can do it again yeah because she makes fire play. so he's good at it all right so any last words any more last questions for me before we go i don't think so question everything question everything question everything so you know what i'm gonna question what's that outros we're just out bye peace boom bye bye (laughs) talk to you later